0: Welcome back to the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I'm Patrick, and with me, as always, my colleague, Jakub. How's it going, Jakub? It's going well, drinking my cocoa. Of course you are. Bean to bar, farm to fork, order to cash. In today's episode, we are talking to Elliot Cluley and Manish Sarkar from Cargill and their process mining journey in the chocolate and cacao business. How does chocolate go from the farm and into your hands? Listen and find out.
1: Where would we be if it wasn't for ICPM in Eindhoven? After Marlon Dumas and Jans Kasper, we have yet another pair of guests who attended the Process Mining Conference and stirred the discussion with a success story from within their organization. The organization is called Cargill. And if you don't know it, well, let me just assure you that uh, it's extremely likely that you have consumed something that passed through this company during your lifetimes. But why should I introduce the company myself when we have not one, but two guests who are currently employed there? Let me welcome Manish Sarkar and Elliot Cleveland. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to Mining Your Business podcast.
2: Thanks a lot. Nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs>
1: gentlemen, if I recall correctly, in Eindhoven, Elliot started the discussion and the presentation. So why don't we this time in our podcast go the other way? And I will give a word over to you, Manish, if you could uh, tell us and the audience a bit more about yourself and about your current role in Cargill and especially how does your role actually relate to process mining?
3: Yes, for sure. So my name is Manish Sarkar and I have been a global senior business process manager uh, working for Cargill for the last two years. Uh, and I have uh, a decade long experience across operational excellence, supply chain, process management and standardization across diverse industries across the globe as well. And it has been a, really a pleasure to work for Cargill for, since the last two years leading the process mining journey for Cargill, uh, especially for the cocoa and chocolate business within Europe as well as the other parts of the world. And it has been a really uh, splendid uh, journey in terms of uh, the exercises which we have done in mining, which is also one of the kind in the cocoa and chocolate industry. Mm -hmm. And it has been really uh,
1: a great journey so far. Awesome. Um, Elliot, a couple of words about you as well.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So I am one of the global continuous improvement specialists that we have in cocoa and chocolate. Um, based in uh, the Netherlands as part of our global uh, continuous improvement team. Um, I, we're really working in business operations and supply chain within Cocoa & Chocolate. Um, but I've been in Cargill for just over 10 years, working in a number of different locations, different businesses and different functions because it's it's a really big organization. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um... You're already touching uh, a point here, which I was about to ask next. Uh, I remember in the conference when you mentioned Cargill and you you instantly said that not many people might know it, uh, but trust me when I say that you uh, have a certain experience with it, even though you might not be aware of it. Could you tell us in the audience what uh, Cargill does and what it stands for?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, in in the ICPM, I think about 30% of people put their hands up um, saying that they recognize the name Cargill, um, which wasn't a surprise to me. Um, But what we also like to say in in our discussions to introduce Cargill is that 70% of what you see in the supermarket has at some point been touched by a Cargill process or supply chain. So... It's really um, business to business, which is why um, you don't see Cargill branding so much, um, but you see everything um, that you consume from the supermarket uh, being touched by a Cargill process.
0: I see, I see. And I I, I know that you've touched on this a little bit, but just to give a little bit of context of what we're going to be talking about today, you guys are in the chocolate um, cocoa kind of um, part. So can you give give us a little bit of context about, where that starts and where that ends, and kind of what the what the process is looking like there.
2: Um, yeah, so I can I can take that question. Um, so really, we we are a very small business. Uh, the cocoa and chocolate business. We're about four thousand one hundred employees. As a <laughs> sounds pretty large to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> large to me. <laughs> yeah, we're the largest um, or the second largest um, chocolate producer in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of Cargill, we're, we're very, very small. Um, so we're 4,000 out of 155,000 employees. Oh. Um, but what makes us interesting and great to work with is, is that, um, it's really a global business. So, um, where the, uh, uh the raw materials of cocoa beans and cocoa pods are, are grown, that really only happens in a number of, uh, areas, um like Ivory Coast, Ghana, uh, Mm -hmm. Brazil, uh, Indonesia. Um, So there's quite a few small select places where where cocoa is grown. And then really that's where uh, Cargill does the origination, shipping it um, around the world, mainly to our processing uh, units in in Europe. Um, And that's just basis history, really. Um, so we have the ports in Amsterdam um, and Antwerp um, that really, really are where our plants are, are really focused. And then we process those cocoa beans um, into cocoa powder and cocoa butter. So that's really the the mm-hmm. melty mouthfeel mm-hmm. that you have from from eating some some chocolate. And um, then we also uh, make make the make the uh, liquid chocolate and solid chocolate that you'll see, um, ending up in your Kit Kats and Mars bars and yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, then Elliot, actually what's interesting is that in our second episode, when we introduced process mining to the audience, we, uh, used an example with a coffee bean that uh, is going basically from the, the growth, uh, phase when it's, you know, you seed it somewhere, you plant it and it just grows. Uh, then it's processed, harvested, and so on, shipped into your uh local uh coffee shop, and then you just drink it and This is the example that I use to to really explain what process mining is um Can you tell us a bit more about like what challenges you as a as a let's say a cocoa producer and a chocolate producer uh face, and how does process mining really fit
2: into your picture sure so um in terms of Process mining, we're quite new to it within cocoa and chocolate, um, but we definitely see so much opportunity of where it can be used. Um, because, and I, I listen to your podcast on the on the coffee bean, and it's very similar process. So you have all of these steps from from farmers' origination um, through storage, warehousing, um, and, and then you go into the shipping and processing. Um, Operations which are which are not straightforward. Uh, I could tell you that, um, and then all the way into uh, the the sort of end product. So, what you will see, and I think you pick this up in your um, in your podcast, is that there are a number of different um, case IDs that you mm-hmm. can track. You can mm-hmm. track when um, the beans were well produced or cut from, from the tree uh, when, when they're dried out? Is that a process step? Um, and you can go from those beans to being bagged or put onto a can- container. So the container might be the, the case ID for the shipping process. <laughs> so there's a number of different ways where process mining can be applied. The biggest challenge is what's the best the best value for our internal customers. Um, and this is why we need to really scope um, a process mining activity with the sponsor and really identify what is their need for um, uh, the process mining activity, what they want to see.
0: Mm. So um, you guys have been at uh, Cargill and you've seen the industry kind of progress and grow uh, and develop over the years. Um, can you give some context as to some of the of the challenges that you're facing as a as a company in this in this cocoa and um, chocolate industry that you are dealing with at the current moment?
3: I can take it. Uh, so one of the challenges which we uh, faced on our side in our business was made, uh, mainly about uh, the auto management process within supply chain, where we wanted to look uh, around supplier reliability. We also call it one time on time and full and there were some assumptions or some areas where we did face a lot of challenges and we were having frequent discussions with the business teams so challenges like there were around frequent changes or manual changes or touches on the order items and quantities which was there in the order process and there was a high rate of rework uh, which is uh, which was quite obvious and leading to higher or longer uh, cycle times and track periods within the order uh, management uh, process. So that was really uh, some of the high-level uh, business challenges which we were discussing with the business. And this led to really taking some concrete steps in, term- in terms of uh, doing a process mining exercise to start with the data-based insights so that we can have some more detailed uh, opportunities uh, to go ahead and develop business case which can really help us reduce those uh, challenges or mitigate those challenges in the shorter term. So that's mm. how we started uh, the process mining mm. exercise for the first time in uh, cocoa and chocolate business with uh, one of the solution provider from process mining industry.
0: Mm. So with this focus on reliability, um, what was the value or what was the intended value you were trying to get out of this um, reliability initiative?
3: So. In that direction, we were trying to achieve uh, a lesser, remo- uh, lesser amount of rework. So we were trying to at least reduce the rework percentage by 25%. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the overall level, that would really equate to a lot of FT savings. That's full-time resources or uh, employee savings. Mm-hmm. And we also wanted to reduce the drag period, which is defined by the fact that we are not trying to pre-pone or postpone the customer orders based on our availabilities and based on the different challenges which we face in our customer services as well as our commercials uh, department. So that's mm-hmm. how we tried to improve uh, our business case and we achieved the numbers which we were, which were, mm-hmm. we were targeting at the initial part of the mining
1: um was there a specific reason that you uh went for process mining as as a as a, let's say an approach rather than to let's say some standard KPI measurements using uh you know normal the BI tools that are used uh, in the market
3: well the answer to that is uh, we chose process mining because we were not really uh, fully able to uh, be able to uh, get all the details of the opportunities which we could have through our currently existing KPIs. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have a fact-based reality, and also we wanted to have uh, the wealth of data and opportunity which can be revealed by process mining and which would add on to the existing KPIs or the set of uh, key performance indicators which we already have within supply chain and mm-hmm. commercials. So mm-hmm. that was really... The target, and also to move around uh, along with the world-changing uh, technology which we are having with process mining.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, Ellie, you already touched on this a little bit, and like the process is from the origination all the way to you know the transport, the shipping, to the processing and packaging, and then the delivery. Um, so, when you use process mining or want to use process mining, where do you even determine where to start? You know, because you could really apply it anywhere in the process. Where do you? How do you even pick a place?
2: Great question. So, um, we, as you mentioned, yeah, we really do go from bean to bar, or normally in cargo or farm to fork. Um, but, <laughs> Love <it. laughs> But, but specifically for process mining activities, it's really important to have um, that data set available. So, if without having a data set with um, a case ID which is relevant to the customer. Um, and that timestamp, it's going to be a very challenging or impossible uh, endeavor to, to to really work with process mining. So then you would mm. probably use uh, other uh, business intelligence tools to to, to facilitate that customer re- request. So the uh, availability of data, um, and we do have a number of processes which are systems enabled. So mm-hmm. we do have. This wealth of data available, which we can just tap into, uh, and we, so far we, we've gone with uh, the ones that Manish has, has discussed. So, order to cash, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're working on cargo transportation and logistics as well. Oh, nice! So, having those transactional um, timestamps and events is really critical for your process really going from um, bean to bar, I think at the moment, what we would have to do is then segment it into a specific um, process steps mm-hmm. within that within that very
0: big process
2: mm-hmm. um, and then really scope them um, accordingly, uh, making sure that we track what's relevant to the customer.
0: I mean, you also mentioned that the process is fundamentally huge, right? If you go from origination all the way to to table, you know, you said um, farm to table, or farm to fork. Um, and so if you imagine that as um, cases and multiple event logs, is it even possible for you to, to put this into one kind of process? Or do you think it is always going to be segmented for you? And if it is going to be segmented, how do you pick the starting point and the endpoint for for a process? How do you determine that you're not going to be out of scope that you're not going to be you know taking too much into this process to make a big convoluted mess like how do you really focus your 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 goals of this process mining initiative
2: um so the first one do i think that we could ever get a full bean to bar um (laughs) process mining activity i think that would be very difficult um Purely because uh, of the different case IDs that you'd be looking mm. at, you can either be looking at um, uh, a specific bean, but also when you start introducing different bean blends, like you do with coffee, mm. um, then you you suddenly have a mixed case ID somewhere along in the process. So um, having those definitions, especially when you go from origin through to through to the um, through to our customer, you have to be very clear on the definitions, and when you try to be clear on those definitions, it may or may not suit the customer's request in the end. So the business case um, loses its value in in that sense. So mm-hmm. I think having that sort of segmented scope view is really important, and that and that's really why we set up. Um, the center of excellence that's why we work with our customers really trying to define what they want from the process um, and repeat it back to them just to make sure that um, <laughs> yeah. they are fully in agreement that this is the this is the scope because what what we generally see is um, that the customer can always request more but then the value of process mining is lost because they're requesting more information because they want to see different ways of slicing and dicing whereas um the real focus area should be how is the process performing Mm -hmm. not are we working on different segmentations um different different um regional issues Mm -hmm. um, that the, the, the the message gets a little bit messy um If if we accommodate too much complexity,
3: Mm -hmm. maybe I can add to uh, that point of Elliot because we already noticed quite some uh, in quite some past mining exercises that whenever we did the first iteration of the requirements for the business teams, we used to get feedback uh, on three or four different areas to. uh, And here are uh, accomplished some more uh, inside facts or details onto certain areas, which has already been captured in the first requirement stage. So this leads to a lot of more iterations, maybe a second and a third one, which is adding to the scope. And that really uh, doesn't really solve or doesn't really help the business case, which was defined at first. So we normally try to put a kind of governance around the process mm-hmm. with a maximum of two iterations based on uh, the first uh, requirements uh, set, which is given to us uh, from the business. Yeah, and That's how we try to deal with that problem, uh, not really elong- elongating uh, the process mining exercise. And we can try and adhere to our accelerated continuous improvement methodology by doing it fast and quick for the business.
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, both myself and Patrick, we know this problem too well with our clients when we just keep adding stuff and uh, it's just a never-ending exercise of iterations and iterations because there's just always something else that you could be tracking and you could be looking at. And uh, yeah, definitely an interesting topic and we will get to the center excellence of uh, in a minute. I also wanted to just add that, uh, you know, we will also have Vilfander Als, as our one of the future guests and where we will talk about this object-centric process mining which really covers the problem that goes basically from having one part of the process related to the other one where you have this end-to-end relationship between different uh case ids that were mentioned by Elliot so really something that's interesting in this it's uh slowly slowly coming up the scene in academia uh regardless uh let's proceed actually and the the next question i would have is that uh you basically then started to do process mining, and one of the you, your first use case that you actually worked on was uh, ordered to cache. Uh, Manesh, could you maybe tell us a bit more? Why was it ordered to cache? And let's say, what were some specifics for this process uh, regarding, uh, you know, first of all, the decision why you started with this one, and then some specific issues that you were solving there?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, I think we chose order to cash because it was quite uh, a unanimous decision across the business leadership that order to cash is one of the first processes on which we are going to try on some automations and bring on uh, some standardizations because we are also getting ready as an organization for a newer uh, ERP platform, which we are going to implement in the next two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that our processes are stable and standardized, as well as mapped in our uh, tools, which we have. So once we deep dive into different process across the business, we found order to cash as one of the biggest process where we can really uh, concentrate and when we deep-dived into the different business challenges which we could find in order to cache, as I mentioned earlier, there were a lot of manual changes, there was high rate of rework, as well as a longer lead time, which we could already uh, see and hear from the business leaderships and the different team leads which we with whom we talked with. Uh, and when we uh, already started the data um, to, to extract the event log from the system, we could see uh, some other uh, issues as well, which is mainly like lagging of process governance or uh, maybe a lower sales to uh, sales orders to customer uh, operator ratio, which was really putting a lot of pressure onto our customer service department. So these were some of the key issues uh, where we thought like order to cash might be one of the first processes to start with our process mining journey. And then probably we can take it from there uh, with defining the business case with the teams.
0: So it was a case of everyone looking around the what uh, you guys are doing and measuring what the biggest um, strategic issues are and if you can really put a number on that and how much that would be worth in saving and kind of scoping it that way. Um, with that being said, were there any other processes that in that you were thinking about doing that you think would be interesting to do or that you would really like to see in process mining?
3: Yes, uh, there are indeed quite some processes in our pipeline which we intend to do uh, process mining with. We have already done that for order to cache. As Elliot mentioned, we, have al- we are also currently doing it for Cargill Transportation and Logistics team for their part of uh, the transportation process. We are also intending to do this for uh, GAG footprinting exercises where we want to measure our carbon footprint across Uh, across our um, Mm -hmm. bean-to-bar process, our Mm -hmm. farm-to-fork process. Uh, That's something which we are planning. And also we are trying to work on other processes like spare parts and other uh, maintenance process, maintenance and repair process, where we can conduct process mining along along the different tools uh, of data which we have got uh, across the globe.
0: Now, if you were to um, give advice to to a company that um, is also you know new to process mining and wants to do something similar, um, would be uh, what would be your advice to them? Would it be hey, do one process like order to cash and prove its value in this segment, and then we can develop it out? Or with you guys, was it more of a we don't need to wait, we know this is going to work, let's just focus it on much else? Or was it also kind of a proof of value with you guys? Let's figure out if order-to-cash really gives us the benefit and the the value that we're looking for, and then we can see if we can do it to other processes.
3: I think uh, if I try to answer that uh, from my side, I would really bank on uh, two biggest assumptions or two biggest uh, areas where I would like to focus. So the first one would be uh, try to select the process where you feel you have most of the problems coming from. It might not be order-to-cash or it might be some other process like uh, procure to pay or source to pay as we mm-hmm. call it it might be any process but it should be uh, giving you plus a lot of problems which you want to solve in the near term so that's the primary assumption which we took and the second assumption or the second area where we wanted to focus is that uh, that's the availability of data so if you don't have any kind of timestamp based data it is really uh, very tough to do a mining exercise and you would really try to uh, get hold of a process where you have data availability easy for you, and that's how we can you can start small and then try for go try to go for bigger achievements. So I would I would really say or summarize: try small, get small, and then mm-hmm. probably dream big.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a uh, good advice that uh, I think everybody should take to uh, to their heart. Um, so then you started with the actual implementation of process mining. Uh, we all know how uh, tedious and difficult and challenging it can be at times, but was there something uh, specific that caused you some headaches or was a particular challenging uh, problem that you needed to solve uh, while doing the implementation?
3: Well, I can take that as well. So, uh, one of the biggest challenges which we faced when we started mining our auto to cache process was uh, the conjoint of uh, data. So, I would say, The data was not really coming on from one system. So Mm -hmm. our one ERP system was not able to provide all the data sets which were uh, mentioned inside the scope and the requirements list which we got from the business. So there were other systems which was uh, really secluded and it was only integrated by bits of two or three characteristics. So we had to extract data from multiple systems, from multiple uh, BI tools and multiple ERP systems in order to find out a blend of uh, event log, which we could actually use in our process mining tool to uh, Mm -hmm. get to the requirements which we were given. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest challenges which we uh, faced uh, during the start of the exercise. Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, once you actually implemented the process, and uh, whenever we have this, we uh, have these two methods on actually looking into the data. And uh, those are, like uh exploratory and confirmatory approach while the first one you really just dive into the process and start looking for problems and the other one is that means that you already have some ideas or have some uh uh let's say uh ideas about what could be going wrong such as in your case it was the rework rate uh and then you just go into process mining actually confirm the problem um that said, uh, once you had process mining in place, uh, was uh, were you just going there for those rework rates? Uh, and if, if, if yes, then have you had some other observations that uh, you were, let's say, surprised by uh, for the first time and that you didn't even know that were existing?
3: Definitely. There were uh, a lot of areas which we could automatically deep dive thanks to the process mining technology and the solution provider which we chose. So we initially uh, went into in terms of the discovery phase to look into uh, the data event log based picture, which, you, which the data could draw in the process mining dashboard in terms of uh, having how uh, the auto management process looks like overall backed with the data. Mm-hmm. But then also we got several other features of uh, process mining which came into the use, for example, process variation, The loops in the process, the automation, the lead times, the process steps, and also we could deep dive into the compliance section, which I mentioned as the process governance, which we uh, could get. So these are some of the areas where we went on deep diving and we saw some interesting results out of which we uh, at least took two of the results Mm -hmm. into the business discussion with the leadership team. And we could proceed in order of creating multiple projects out of the mining industry or the mining uh, insights which we got from this exercise.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Manesh, do you recall of some very interesting or strange or weird uh, thing that you observed in process mining? Something that you were like, oh my God, how is this even possible that it's happening?
3: <laughs> yep. Uh, one of uh, the, the incidents which we remember is about uh, the drag effect. That's what we call when we uh, really prepone or postpone our customer orders by a longer duration. Mm-hmm. We noticed that we had around uh, 5 to 6% of our orders going or delayed by more than a month. So that was uh, something wow. which process mining showed uh, us for the first time. And we never had this idea that it can be a higher percentage than 5%. So this is one of the areas or one of the kind of uh, insights which we receive from process mining, and it has been currently worked on by the customer service uh, departments in terms of yellow bells and green bell projects, which we are also conducting as a part of our continuous improvement engine.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the real powerful elements of, of process mining dashboard, because you have people involved in the process who who suffer from the process not working optimally, either in re- rework streams, so the waste streams, or you can see um, the variation. So what do they do on certain different topics and why do they do that? Um, it's also a very um, human uh, process uh, most of the time on, on how to deal with certain things, especially with customers. So getting rid of all of those assumptions and just seeing what the data shows just eradicates all the discussion of why is a team performing the way it does mm-hmm. and how can we work with the data to, to then resolve those issues. Um, so should we be focusing on the waste streams or should we actually be looking at the the what we're doing for customer or, or another team within Cargill? And... I think that's what, what's really powerful um, about having um, the process mining dashboards viewed and, and explored uh, with, with the team. Um, and before they go into confirmation, they're, they're really interested in seeing one specific case. They really go into the drill down uh, very quickly when, when, when we show them the process mining draft. Uh, they always want to see why is a particular case working like this <laughs> out of thirty thousand that's now, just human nature,
0: yeah so armed with this powerful technology and these valuable insights that you have now gotten um, um Manish you also talked about just you know that the surprise hey we have some orders that are delayed by more than a month, and with all these knowledge with all this knowledge now on on a sheet on a, on a dashboard, um how do you even go about deciding okay? What do we even do with this now? Like, how do we set up some sort of initiative that helps us tackle these problems? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of companies are struggling with the, the fact that, okay, we've got this knowledge now. So what do we do about it? How do we now go about fixing these fundamental issues? And how do we tackle them?
3: So we normally try to bank on uh, the four different areas of value, which we want to capture from the insights which we get from process mining. So we uh, try to uh, do a kind of uh, the first one, maybe the biggest one, which is the time savings uh, area where we want to save some time by reducing the complexity or by reducing the problems which is being there in the audit cash process. We also try to uh, get uh, these opportunities which we see from Mining Insights into uh, converting them into yellow belt or green belt or black belt projects within Mm -hmm. the Six Sigma organization culture, which we have set up. So it, it also is tied to, the, uh, to a specific uh, figure of uh, improvement or a specific figure of benefit in terms of financials for each of the black belt or the yellow belt types. And then also we want to set up a thirdly a dynamic process monitor in which uh, we would try and uh, update the data of process mining dashboards with the backend data, which is refreshed over the time of six months or 12 months or based on the frequency which is needed by the business. So this is a very critical one, and at the end of the day, we want to drive some financial benefits as well from mm-hmm. the process mining opportunities which we generate from uh, the technology which we have. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the areas like uh, where we want to drive the value from.
1: Mm, maybe a question: So uh, after you have these findings, and let's say that you improve that and you get the pro- or you get rid of the problems that you were facing, and process mining helps you with that um what would what would be your case for even keep going with process mining because I know it can get expensive with time and there is always some effort that you need to spend on the tool that you need to spend on the developments on monitoring and keeping things running uh Why would you even keep going with with this process mining and I know that you said that you want to have this continuous uh continuous loop continuous improvement cycle uh but what would be your biggest case for actually? keeping it even after you solve the problems?
3: I think I can take that question. So uh, we had this discussion internally with the leadership as well, uh, and we uh, gave it a thought really hard and like, what can we do in order to make sure that we keep on running with our process mining agenda? And because we uh, the, the first decision which we took when we started process mining as a group Is that we won't be recharging back uh, to the teams or the businesses who are coming up with the process mining ideas or business cases. But at the end of uh, the first year, we thought that we decided that we would kind of recharge it back to the departments who are coming up with the business cases and the areas of opportunities which they see. Uh, So they should be able to uh, dedicate some of their FTEs or full time employees. Inside uh, for process mining exercises as well as they should be able to take the recharge cost back to their business or back to their departments so that it doesn't fall into one bucket. And this is one of the strategies which we took on the costing side so that we can also drive the agenda further into different departments and people can really embrace this culture rather than uh, getting a tool for free. So that's something which we uh, we decided that we would uh, take uh, this mm-hmm. step in the future, so that we also can uh, benefit. Uh, so all the other departments which are looking forward to using process mining and are really looking on to using the technology uh, to develop improvements or to get uh, financial savings, they should also get the chance to benefit.
2: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm.
3: why uh, we took this decision uh, in order to save some time from us as well.
2: hmm
1: and that actually brings us to, let's say, a last piece of our discussion, which is a center of excellence. And I know you discussed it also in the conference. And I think this is a vital piece of any process mining initiative if we want to end with a success. Because uh, it's one thing to implement and get the findings. But the other thing is to, to drive the change and have someone in the driving seat be it uh, a person, a team, or a whole department who is pushing uh, for for improvement within an organization. Maybe the first question would be, what is even your relationship within uh, you know, the process mining initiative between uh, you, Manish, and Elliot? like How do you guys even communicate and what are your roles in this environment or setup?
2: Sure. So... Um... Well, we set up the center of excellence when we started our process mining endeavors. And there we really try and translate business requirements into a realizable process mining plan, um, directly aligning with the sponsor. So by having that um, governance process in place, we can ensure that we prioritize the right exercise in the right way. Um, with the right scope, and that scoping is, is so important. Um, and our role, uh, both Manisha and I, are really to facilitate those discussions, um, but also align both the sponsor to the uh, subject matter experts, because um, they are the ones really dealing with uh, the, the, the scoped area, the, 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 the details of the process, they know the process better than anyone, mm-hmm. um, so we really need to make sure that what they um are working with is then translatable to to the um to the c o e where we have our sponsors and our um our, our c i manager as well um, so we make sure that we have the scoping of the assignments done that that the data is available and it's mm-hmm. process mineable ready um uh, or almost ready. Uh, then we have the business case um, and then we make sure that we have those subject matter experts engaged and and available to, to then really make sure that the process mining mm-hmm. endeavor is is successful. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so when you were even going into the process mining, did you think that you will even be needing Center of Excellence and w- or was it more like a reactive then you f- suddenly realized that this will actually require some more work uh, as, as we go. Uh, and then you just established it uh, and start to figure things out.
2: For sure, it's something that we put in place pretty soon after going with, um, with, our, with our process mining activities. Um, the reason being is it, it's great to have um, that sponsorship. So to make sure that this isn't just a one-off exercise, this is something mm-hmm. that we do see value in. And we need to make sure that we communicate that to teams and businesses and um, and other people in the organisation. So it's make sure that we have that um, sustainability of that sponsorship. Um, making sure that we have a clear roadmap um, is is really important because, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, with um, operating in in six different regions. Uh, With a number of different systems implementations, it's uh, an ever-changing infrastructure. And with that, we need to make sure that we are prepared um, with our processes, um, making sure that they're performing in the most optimal way. So this really links up to our overall uh, strategy, actually. Mm -hmm. So And making sure that we have that um, governance and sponsorship is integral to making sure that we do see it as, a, as, a, as something not just for now, but also for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where we can improve our process, so we can discuss with um, our sponsor, the, the subject matter experts, and also gain that momentum from those mm-hmm. business cases that, that Manish is so excellently doing.
1: Um I uh, I have a question so once you let's say your team finds a problem and identifies it how do you go about uh you know pushing it back to the business to to actually sort it out because this is uh sometimes a very uh let's say shaky dynamics between the two teams one team on the one side that wants to improve things and the other who might be resistant to change because this is how we do things right uh how do you gap this, 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 uh, or bridge this gap from going from findings into actually implementing it with teams that might not be even aware that there is a process mining in place?
2: Well, that's also part of the uh, the, the centre of excellence. So, as I mentioned, that we have those uh, subject matter experts being freed up to make sure that the uh, they can participate and actually drive the process mining mm-hmm. um, activity because they are the experts, they they know what um, is important and can guide those discussions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the ownership is really with them, but it's incredibly important to include them um, from from the get-go. So we have maybe um, their supervisor or or manager saying that this is a process that we want to work on. Um, Do we agree? Uh, The SMEs subject matter experts agree and then we are really there to to help facilitate and make sure that we look um, at the area in in the right way. So it's very Mm -hmm. collaborative um, because that change management piece is is incredibly challenging if you uh, consider it uh, separate. Um, Continuous improvement should be really working with the business. Um, rather than flying in, advising something, yeah. and then flying off again. Yeah. Um, that's that's a huge part of the sustainability piece that we're trying to achieve. Um, and also build our continuous improvement branding within, within cocoa and chocolate. I don't know if... Manish, do you
0: have anything to add?
3: I think uh, your answer is quite perfect, so I would not really add uh, much to that. Okay.
0: Um, So if you um, think about the center of excellence you have set up and you have talked about ownership and things like that that are very critical, can you give us some other key um, points that are needed to running an effective and efficient center of excellence? Maybe
3: uh, I can uh, take that uh, question. So one of the key facts uh, or key, uh, I would say, points to cover uh, when we set up our COE is mainly the governance piece because inside COE, the first and the foremost exercise which we did was to uh, create a pipeline of projects and then try to work out with the leadership or the steering committee to decide which of the activities or which of the ex- exercises is having the first uh, priority or which can go as a second priority because we didn't want to invest our time into multiple mining exercises at the same time mm-hmm. but we'll try to limit it to only two exercises at one time so that our teams can also focus uh, on those mining exercises trying to bring out the the business case benefits which we wanted to uh, take that out from the processes which we are getting so this is the first and the foremost rule which we have created that there will be a process uh, mining pipeline in place which would really help us steer our agenda for the upcoming six to twelve months of time. So that's really important when you have a bigger pool of ideas uh, on your table.
0: Mm-hmm. So um looking at the um the Center of Excellence and the process mining initiative that you guys have, um now are there other parts of the chocolate and cocoa um business that are looking at you guys envious, um staring at the things you have built and saying, oh, we want to have that. We need to have this and are coming to you guys and saying, we want to set up the same thing in the next years or so? And, um, or is it also outside of the, uh, that uh, chocolate and cocoa in this, uh, part of Cargill that are saying, what you guys did is really cool and we also want to do the same thing? What, like, what has the response been outside of, um, of your current scope?
2: I can probably take that question in part. Um, so in terms of what other business units or other divisions in Cargill are looking at um, our efforts, um because we're we 're not the only business unit um running running process mining activities, and the reason why we 're running them quite separately in this sort of pilot um, and and test environment is really because we have a number of different systems that um, are not so widely used and because we 're quite a small business, we need to be a bit more agile so in making sure that we can really tailor our service as continuous improvement to to our business, we need to make sure that we are agile and can um, sort of leverage the systems that are currently in place. Um, Ideally, having one system, which is widely used among Cargill, but um, for now, we're really in that transition period. Um, So... We acknowledge and also are really inspired by the other process mining activities that are done in other business units. And we do have this sharing uh, collaboration that is co- also taking place. It's quite new because process mining uh, within our organization is quite new. But that's really where we have, have those discussions. Um, and then in terms of uh, the envious, uh, the need from, uh, from other businesses, uh, or other functions within cargo, Cocoa, and Chocolate. Manish could probably explain more, but it is an infectious um, desire to, to start using process mining on on uh, the on their activities.
3: Yeah, indeed, uh, there has been a, a kind of requirement being generated from several business units, and we are getting. To hear from our solution provider that they are also getting approached uh, due to the work which they have done with our business unit for cocoa and chocolate and that's why they are re- receiving huge response across uh, not only other companies but also different other business units within Cargill as well as we uh, do not have a global uh, uh, contract with our solution provider so they can be approached of course externally as well. This is something which uh, they have uh, also come back to us as a good and a positive feedback from uh, the exercises which we have done so far.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, So now knowing where you are and having all this experience and here's what you've been doing, uh, where do you think you will go next as, let's say, your team and also as an organization when it comes to process mining?
2: So where are we going to go next? Um, So I think uh, within our pilots that, we, that we've done, um, there's also the evolution of those pilots. So it's essentially going from having that one-off process mining effort to having um, a regular refresh of that data. So seeing how you can evolve in, in implementing those uh, improvement activities, either reducing waste or, or variation. So are we improving how we work within that process? Um, having that, the third step really is that having um, the integrated process mining capability. So making sure that any incoming um, cases or invoices are processed in the most optimal way um, because we know how the process works. That's really the evolution of of where we see pilots moving. Um, Our role in that really depends on what the customer wants, uh, so what our, what our teams want, um, because we can't do things which which they're not really seeing the value in. Um, in terms of where we are going, we're, we're really trying to expand our bit, uh, process mining capability within our team, but also uh, making sure that we are um, keeping our eye open for those opportunities in, in the mm-hmm. different um, functions and also uh, areas in which we process the cocoa beans all the way through to uh, the chocolate that we make. Mm -hmm. Manish, what what are your thoughts?
3: I think uh, I can add to uh, your answer in two perspectives. So the first perspective being connecting our process mining platform to a kind of internal or in-house Cargill data platform Mm -hmm. where all the data resides today. And this has been one of our initiatives uh, since last year when we uh, wanted to connect our mining platform with a specific solution in place so that it can be the best and the easiest way of extracting data from our data lake or data warehouse, which we have got internally. And the second perspective which we are trying to achieve is, of course, the the upcoming ERP implementation. Mm -hmm. So how can process mining help uh, support that implementation in terms of uh, not only getting a know how of the as processes, which are there backed with data, as well as it can how it can support during the hyper care phase after we uh, do the SAP uh, do right. the ERP implementation. So that's how uh, are the two biggest areas where we want to drive some benefits uh, from process mining. As well.
1: well, it sounds like you guys will have a lot of work coming in your way <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> i would just say uh it was it been a lovely discussion and uh, i'm very happy that you could have shared your opinions and your thoughts on how things were going or were some of the challenges and uh, help maybe organizations that are not as far as you guys guide them on their on their own paths uh before we wrap it up i always like to ask our guests like where can people find you and eventually uh ask you some question if they had any
2: well, feel free to reach out to us on, on LinkedIn. Um, we're always hiring as well in this, in this, <laughs> uh, in this process mining space, but also within, within continuous improvement. Or if you're just interested in tasting cocoa and chocolate, um, <laughs> feel free to reach out, out to us there. Um, there's, there's always hiring practices, but we will try our best to answer any questions that you have on process mining.
1: All right. Uh, then Manish Eliot, it has been a lovely discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming and accepting the invitation to mining our business podcast. And I can't really wait for this episode to to air.
2: Absolutely, I really appreciate all the great work that you're doing. It's uh, it's really pioneering stuff.
1: Yeah, really commendable. Thanks a lot. That's awesome to hear. And for you, our lovely listeners, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us on this process mining journey. Uh, we really hope that it's bringing value to, to you as well. Uh, and that you are enjoying our work. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, I would also say just reach out to us on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a, we have a special page there, Mining Your Business podcast. You can also write us an email on miningyourbusiness at gmail.com. Uh, And we are open to any recommendations, ideas, or maybe guest ideas who you think would be interesting to hear. Uh, So please reach out to us with anything that you have on your heart and we will be happy to reply you. Uh, So Patrick, Elliot, Manish, thank you very much for today's episode and uh, good luck on your process mining journey.
2: Thanks, Jens. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.